changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friend Friday, and today we have a special guest, New York Times bestselling author Brad Meltzer. He is one of my favorite authors, and we've been lucky enough to have him write for Chicken Soup for the Soul in the past. He's written so many suspenseful novels, many of them set in Washington, and they're all based on intense research that he does, and they're all about U.S. history and laws and government policies. Brad grew up in Brooklyn and Miami. His father was the son of a Jewish immigrant who worked in the garment industry, which we call the schmata industry, right? And then his family moved to Florida, and his father started selling insurance, and his mother worked in a furniture store. And writing has always been a big part of Brad's life. Uh, and what I love is that he wrote his first successful novel while he was a law student at Columbia, which I think is very impressive, and it became a huge bestseller. So, Brad, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. So I know that you are, I guess, best known for your writing, but now you're very well known for television as well. In fact, Chad was telling me that he watched your television show, one of your television shows. So let's talk about TV. What are you doing on TV? Yeah, so, you know, people know me for my thrillers. You know, I spend my days murdering people. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a fun life to have is when you get to spend your day talking to your imaginary friends. But as anyone knows, I always love and put my books, even though they're thrillers and they're mysteries, I love when you learn something in a book. So I would, you know, if I'm going to find the secret tunnels below the White House, I'm going to, and I'm right about them, I'm going to find the real ones. And eventually someone at the History Channel was reading one of my books about the Freemasons and secret codes that the presidents used to use. And that one of the presidents used and said to me, I want to do a TV show like that. It was called The Book of Fate. And we launched a TV show on the History Channel called Decoded, where we got to look at real histories. And then we launched one called Lost History, where we looked at lost historical artifacts. And one of the first things we put up there was the flag that the firefighters raised at Ground Zero on 9-11. And everyone knows that famous photograph of the firefighters raising the flag. What no one knew is that the flag went missing. And I said to History Channel, I want to do a show where we ask people that someone out there must know where it is and let's ask for it back. And First episode aired, and what no one knew, Amy, was that four days after our first episode aired, a man walked into a fire station in Everett, Washington, in Washington State, and said, I saw the show Lost History, and I want to return this. This is the flag that the firefighters raised at Ground Zero. It took us the better part of two years to authenticate the flag, um, but I'm proud to say that on the 15th anniversary, this past 15th anniversary of 9-11, we got to unveil the flag in the 9-11 Museum. We found it. It was authenticated by all these different authenticators. Um, it was an amazing process, and I highly recommend you take your kids or your grandkids to see it in the 9-11 Museum because it's not a museum that's depressing. It's a museum that really inspires, and it shows you proof when you see this flag and you see the famous photograph above it. It is proof that heroes really do exist to this very day. Yeah, I saw the video where you were... I guess, presenting the flag at the museum. And it was very moving to see the video. And I know that this whole thing about how ordinary people change the world and become heroes is a big theme for you. And that just seems so necessary today, this whole issue of heroes and role models. And I have been fascinated by your new line of books 
for children because basically you're featuring ordinary people who became heroes. And I've been reading some of your books. Since it is Black History Month, I should actually list some of the people who you have in the books. You have Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., Jackie Robinson, Harriet Tubman, Oprah Winfrey, Barbara Johns, Thurgood Marshall, Frederick Douglass, who I hear is an up-and-comer these days, and many more, <laughs> many more African Americans who have featured prominently in American history. And last night I read your Helen Keller book, which I loved. I read the Jackie Robinson book, which was adorable, talking about how he wanted to sleep in his mother's bed because it was scary out there. But I love these books. Talk about how you how you decided to make this collection of books about heroes for children. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I have kids. So I can write, you know, my thrillers like The President's Shadow or The House of Secrets, and I, it's a good life. But eventually I had my own kids, and I realized it wasn't just my life. It was theirs, too, uh, that I was looking at. And I was tired of my own kids looking at reality TV show stars and people who are famous for being famous and thinking that those are heroes. And I tell them all the time that's fame. And being famous is very different than being a hero. So we started, I was like, I, you know, because of the History Channel work I do, because of the thrillers I write, um, I said, I have better heroes for them. So we started with, you know, if I, if I write a book about Amelia Earhart and tell my daughter, Amelia Earhart's amazing, my daughter says, big deal, Dad. Everyone knows Amelia Earhart flew across the Atlantic Ocean. Everyone flies across the Atlantic Ocean today. She's not impressed. But if I tell my daughter that Amelia Earhart, and this is true, when Amelia Earhart was seven years old, she built a homemade roller coaster in her backyard. And she took a wooden crate and she put roller skating wheels on the bottom of it. And she shoved it to the roof of her tool shed and she gets in on there and comes flying down the side and flies through the air and tumbles and crashes and says that, you know, that was incredible or whatever she yelled at the time. My daughter is like, oh, my gosh, Amelia Earhart is bold and she's daring and she's fun. So what we started to do is we were going to we, we launched a line of kids books, illustrated children's books. We started with I'm Amelia Earhart and I am Abraham Lincoln. And we said, we're just going to tell the real stories. And we show you them when they're kids, too. So it's not just the stories of famous people, but it's what we're all capable of in our very best days. And from there, we did I Am Rosa Parks. I Am Albert Einstein. As you said, I Am Jackie Robinson. I did I Am Lucille Ball because I, I wanted my daughter to have a female entertainment hero who isn't just famous for being thin and pretty. Lucy stands for the idea it's not just okay to be different. It's fantastic to be different. And we did I Am Helen Keller, as you said, because... Uh, you know, I, we put real Braille into the book. And so you can close your eyes. And when she goes blind, it says, feel these dots. This is my name. My name is Helen. What's your name? On the opposite page is the entire Braille alphabet. And I'll watch my little one, you know, from five-year-olds to like 12-year-olds, but still reading that book, just doing the same thing, seeing through someone else's eyes. And as you said, we did I Am Martin Luther King Jr., George Washington. We, we just came out with I Am Jane Goodall and even I Am Jim Henson. And to me, what I love about these books is that they show us actual proof of what we're all capable of. And that's where the books have launched. And it's just been a thrilling ride for us to watch people. You know, the goal has never been about one book. It's about helping you build a library of real heroes for your kids and your grandkids and your nieces and your nephews. And that's what the whole I Am series is about. Well, I loved it. Last night I read the Helen Keller book and I I loved the Braille part and I learned a lot of things about Helen Keller that I hadn't known and I also read the Lucille Ball book. And I and that was great also because I didn't know anything about her early history. I mean, to have like a history light for grownups, I, I found the books extremely enjoyable for myself. And if I had 
little kids, I would be very happy to read these books to my little kids because they're enjoyable for an adult. Well, that's what, yeah, we have it all the time. People say, I buy these books for my kids, but then I read them for myself. And because they have stories that we need to hear. You know, there's a story in there about Abraham Lincoln, one of my favorite stories in there. And, And I'm Abraham Lincoln is when Abraham Lincoln's a little boy, he loved animals. And he comes upon a group of boys who are playing with animals. So he's like, oh, great. I love animals. Goes racing over. He sees they're not playing with animals. What they're doing is they're putting hot coals. They were turtles that they were playing with. They were putting hot coals on the backs of the turtles. They were torturing them. And in that moment, Abraham Lincoln sees these bullies torturing these turtles. And I don't care if you're, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, or 47 years old. Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. But someone has to. And in that moment, Abraham Lincoln you know, tells him that they got to take the coals off the turtles. And my son, to this day, sleeps with a little Abraham Lincoln doll because he loves that story. He's never going to relate to being president. You know, few of us are going to be president. But the idea that you can be a good person, that you can show kindness, you can show compassion, my son never forgets that. And I love that we get to teach kids those stories and, and teach adults those stories. That is fabulous. That really is. So how long does it take you to create one of these books. I know you have your fabulous illustrator you work with, but your side of it. Yeah, Chris Eliopoulos is our artist. Yeah, so Chris Eliopoulos is our amazing artist, and you'll see they're all illustrated in the I Am series. You know, the reason Chris is so great is he has an art style that's like Peanuts meets Calvin and Hobbes. And uh, that's why people, I think, love the books is because they they look so much fun. I am Amelia Earhart or I am Jim Henson. They just look fun. But on the writing side... Um, you know, it's always about finding that amazing story that you can relate to. So, you know, we just did I Am Jim Henson. And I found this story about Jim Henson is Jim Henson wanted to work in television. And he went to all these different TV stations and they all rejected him over and over. And he was devastated and basically eventually saw an ad that said that the TV station was looking for a puppeteer. So he went to the library, took out books on puppeteers, went back to the exact same TV station, one of them that rejected him. And he says, I'm a puppeteer. I'm looking for a job. And I want my kids to know that if there's an obstacle in your way, you go around it. That's a vital lesson for my kids today. So, yes, you know, that's why the world gets Kermit the Frog, not just because Jim Henson has a cute voice or can do a funny song, but it's because he never takes no for an answer. And I, I need my kids to learn that lesson. And, and I need them to learn, you know, each of the books you, you'll see. And this is the harder part in a strange way is they're not just history lessons. They're moral lessons. That's what they really are. So on the back of each book is the moral lesson. On the back of I am Amelia Earhart, it says, I will know no bounds. On the back of I am Abraham Lincoln, it says, I will speak my mind and speak for others. And on the back of Jim Henson, it says, you know, the the moral lesson of what is Jim Henson who created the Muppets? What's the moral lesson there? And I realized after looking at his life, it wasn't just that Kermit the Frog is cute or Miss Piggy and Fuzzy Bear are cute. It's that The idea of dreaming and creating and believing and pretending, those are things that we should never outgrow. I will never apologize for being a do-gooder. And I love that these books stand for that moral lesson in a time when today we need those moral lessons more than ever. And I'll I'll tell you this, is that since as the books were, uh, as the election was approaching for the presidency, we watched something happening with our I Am series. And suddenly the book started taking off in sales. And I'm not talking about like a 10% or 20%. They went up from the year before, right before the election, 91% in sales. In the month after the election, since Donald Trump was elected, the books went up 100% in sales, 100%. 
and you know in in the book industry what you know how that's that you know that something's going on there that's a and public really, that's cry, no that's a public right. that's crying not, out for role models heroes well that's what it was ethical and that's what it was, right, right. It books about ethics it wasn't democrat it was both sides looking and seeing politicians and saying i don't want to teach my kids about politicians i want to teach my kids what it means to be a leader because we all know there's a difference between being a leader and being a politician yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and i love the fact that you do a huge amount of research. I mean, you had quite a bibliography for these little children's books. Each one had a very lengthy bibliography. You really, you are a great researcher, even when you're making children's books. It's top notch. I appreciate that. Um, you know, for me, it's, I, I, the problem that we have, that we do with our kids today is we, we make our heroes uh, untouchable. You know, we build giant statues to them and we, and, and kids can't relate to them. They're just, they become these dead concrete things. But when you really do the homework and you really take the time, what makes these people so impressive is they're just like us. No one's born a hero. That's the one thing I learned. Nobody's born a hero. We all have differences, of course, but it's what you do with your life. And every person you admire in your life, every person you, you consider a hero in your life, whether they're famous or a family member, Every single one of them has one thing in common, and it was simply this. They all have moments where they were terrified and scared and worried, and they moved past it. And I need my kids to learn that lesson. I love that there are so many families today that buy our books, and they donate them to their schools. They, donate, you know, they build a library of them, and they donate it to you know, groups that they want to inspire. And to me, that's the message, right? That's what we all need today. We're all, as a country, we're starving for heroes. And whether you like it or not, your kids are going to choose a hero, so you might as well have some say in it. I think that's great. And on that note, we're going to conclude. Thank you so much for joining us today. You fit right into our philosophy about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So thank you for joining us, and I want to thank our listeners today. I'm Amy Newmark. Come back Monday, which happens to be the birthday of another famous American novelist, John Steinbeck. We're going to talk about birthdays and how to make them as meaningful as possible by turning your focus outwards on your own big day. And if you want to learn more about Brad Meltzer and the million and one things he is doing, all of them incredibly well, and all of his fabulous books, please visit his website at bradmeltzer.com. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Amy.